Time to open the window of our 891 legal office. Yes, we're open for business, folks. one 391 our visiting lawyer, Andrew Andreev, joins me from Andreev Doman. Hello, Andrew. Welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. Andrew's always happy to take your questions. one 800 or you can send us a text, 0467-922-891. Bit of a tricky situation to discuss today, Andrew. When a loved one dies, there can often be a squabble over a will. Yep. I suppose we saw this extreme example in Sydney this week of this woman, I think she was living at Point Piper or somewhere like that, decided to give her house, her entire estate, to her neighbour, mm. who had been particularly kind to her, running errands, picking up food and things for her. Her husband had died about 20 years ago. She had no dependents. The estate was worth something like $12.5 million. Mm. And now you've got a niece trying to get a slice of the action, trying to contest the will. So walk us through the process. This is obviously an extreme example, but generally, how do people go, go about contesting a will? Yeah, well, that's a really interesting one because um, there's really two ways to contest a will. Contesting it was a very general term, but there's really, really two ways to go about it. The first one is that you, you claim that the will's invalid. So what you're really doing there is trying to knock out the will completely. And then the second one is to make a claim that you haven't been adequately provided for. So in that case, you're saying, well, the will's valid, but I don't think that it, it gives me enough. So that's the, that's the two angles. But there's only certain limited categories of people who can make claims under either of those scenarios. And in this case, we had a, we have a niece. So in South Australia, a niece actually wouldn't have standing to challenge that they weren't adequately provided for in the will. So, and in this case, I think um, the niece was actually trying to knock the will out, saying it was invalid on the basis that the um, uh, that, the, that the person that deceased had um, you know, didn't really have capacity or it was, it was crazy at the time that she made the will. Because a niece is considered just too far from the, the person in terms of the bloodline? That's right, yeah. It, certainly if, the, if you knocked the will out, then it then falls back to the laws of intestacy where, you can, where a niece might actually claim. And in this case, the deceased didn't have any children, didn't have any sort of remoter issue, so it would have actually gone up you know, through across the siblings and then down to the niece and the niece would have, would have collected. But... Um, um, yeah, that's that, that's correct. Yeah. I imagine and that then, second scenario that you, you painted is probably the more common one. You might have mm. two or three kids in the family, you know, Fred, Murgatroyd and Mulva, yep. <laughs> for one of another name, yep. and they're upset that they don't get things evenly divvied up and they think, well, hang on, fair cop here, I'm, mm. I'm owed more than you are, and they all go to war. That's right, yeah. And funnily enough, adequate provision doesn't necessarily mean equal provision. So, you know, there has been cases where people have got um, well, the will says, you know, each of you are going to get a third. Um, and then one of the children says, no, look, that's not enough. Given my particular circumstances, um, that's not adequate provision for my, my maintenance, education and advancement. So um, they can make a claim in those circumstances. It's 19 to 5 on 891 ABC Adelaide Drive with Michael Smith. My guest in the studio is our visiting lawyer, principal at Andreev Doman Lawyers, Andrew Andreev. If you've got a question for Andrew about challenging a will, maybe you've been unlucky enough to be involved in one of these situations, one three hundred triple two eight nine one is the number to call. Let's have a chat now to Corey, who's at Mount Compass. Hello, Corey. Hey, how you going there, mate? Well, thanks. Yeah, uh, just got a question. My uh, mother um, recently had a father uh, pass away, and um, uh, basically had a carer, which was a stepmother. Son moved in. He had a uh, sort of a stroke, and she was also uh, elderly and, and uh, under weather. But basically, uh, cut a, a short story, a long story short, uh, he ended up passing away. Uh, and left everything in the carer's um, sort of name and left nothing to my mother or the uh, uh, relative's siblings. 
So just wondering um, if there's any way they could have contested that. They were going to contest it, but unfortunately he passed away, and then they uh, sort of thought well, there was nothing sort of they can do, and it was about a four or $500,000 house, and, and sort of everything else was left completely to the carer. Yeah, that, that certainly is one of the circumstances uh, where and I'm, I was struggling a little bit there to follow the family tree, but from what I understood, um, it sounded like there was a child and, and a grandchild, and they're, they're certainly two categories no, that would... Yeah, no, it's basically um, the, the uh, sons and daughters, my parents, um, yes. her brothers. Yeah, sure. And, um, uh, you know, the grandfather's um, uh, obviously had a divorce and um, yep. remarried, and then the, uh, the uh, son of the uh, grandmother's uh, moved into care after the uh, grandfather. And yep. uh, basically the grandmother has left everything to her son and nothing to uh, the, my uh, parents, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that does sound like a category where, uh, where a claim could have been possible. The one, obviously, you know, depending on the timing, but it sounds like it's too late. But um, there is a six-month window... Um, after probate's granted. So we talked about probate in a previous program, but basically probate's when the court sort of gives it the stamp and says that's the official will. Uh, in relation to making an inheritance claim, there is this six-month time limit, which is quite strictly uh, imposed. So um, uh, that's something to take into account in these sort of scenarios to get advice early. Corey, thank you for your question from Mount Compass. Speaking of probate, uh, Fiona's given us a call from St Mary's with a question along those lines. Hello, Fiona. Yes, hello. How are you? Um I'm currently going through, um, my father just recently died. There's two children, uh, my sister and I. There's no real estate. There's no children from either of us. There's no cousins. It's very straightforward. And people keep saying, are you going to go pro probate? Are you, have you done probate? And I keep saying, I didn't think I needed to if it was straightforward. And I looked on the, the website of the Supreme Court, and it does say, if it is very straightforward, you, do not, you are not required to go through probate. So that's my advice. Is, is that correct? Uh, yeah, look, there's circumstances. It's certainly a threshold issue of whether a will has to be probated, and it really depends on the, the extent and the type of assets in the estate. So um, if it's things like small amount of bank account... It's, and it's, it's not small. Right. Uh, it's three figures, but... Um, mm -hmm. Is there property involved? There's no property. Right, OK. Well, look, it, look, you might find that, depending on how that, that's dispersed across the various assets, that it falls below the thresholds where banks will disperse funds or give you control of those funds and where share registries will transfer shares so that probate isn't required. And it's certainly a good thing to raise that the concept of probate is, is not always necessary. So you really need to look at the assets within the estate yeah. and their value to determine that. So um, that's something you might need some more specific advice in relation to the assets and the value of those assets. Fiona, thank you for your call. Quarter to five now on Drive. My guest in the studio, Andrew Andreev, our visiting lawyer from Andreev Doman Lawyers. Kingsley has called from Happy Valley. Happy down there, Kingsley? Yes, very happy indeed, thank you. <laughs> Good. And, um, Andrew, uh, the, the example you gave at the beginning of the program of the next-door neighbour and the niece, mm. what would happen if that was in reverse? In other words, that the will is made and offered to the next-door neighbour um, because the, the, the niece or the nephew has disappeared off the radar. But then the, niece, the, the nephew suddenly reappears and the will is changed in favour of the, of the nephew. But then, on the death of the person concerned, the next-door neighbour challenges it because it was offered in writing and accepted by her. Right, there's probably a couple of issues there, um, raises <laughs> and some good issues. Um, certainly one of them is that um, in order to challenge a will, certainly on the basis of invalidity, you need to um, be within a certain class of persons. This is different from an inheritance claim you know, by family members. So if you have previously been a beneficiary under a will and then you're not a beneficiary under a new will, 
um, that actually brings you into the class of people who can challenge the will or challenge the validity of the will itself to try and knock that will out. So I think that's one one issue that the caller raises. Um, I'm, I'm just, what was the, did you want to just... I yeah. think Kingsley's now gone. Oh, has he? All oh, right, sorry. Question for you yeah. from Joan, though, on our yeah. text line, Andrew, saying, yeah. my daughter estranged herself from me three years ago. Mm. Does she have a claim on my estate? Uh, short answer is yes. Yeah, the, the, the courts have held that um, estrangement is something that will be taken into account, certainly uh, as one of the factors that, that will be in play in determining whether you've been adequately provided for. Uh, but there's certainly been instances where people have been estranged for many years and the courts have said they still have an entitlement due to that relationship. Um, so that that is not um, that that won't knock it out. And I guess at the end of the day, uh, getting legal advice can cost money. Chris at West Croydon would like to know: Is it only really worth doing this if there's a certain amount of money involved? How do you how do you make a call on that? Yeah, that's something interesting enough that's been commented on a little bit recently. Um, certainly, the, the, the way the costs work for um, inheritance claims is. Um, the courts will generally award for the cost to be paid by the estate, and that's the cost of both the person challenging and, and the, the existing beneficiaries that are defending. Um, so what that does is it actually, it, unfortunately, it tends to mean that people might make claims in circumstances where um, the estate's not so big, so that the legal fees can then become a, a big chunk of the, of the estate. And our last question on this one this afternoon is from Alex at Largs Bay. Hello, Alex. Yeah, hi. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, have you, uh, as a, uh, if, if you have concerns about who's been appointed executive of a will, if you don't think that they're of uh, appropriate character, can you contest that if you're a relative? Um, you you can. It's a it's a it's a very high standard to to knock out. Um, so um, you know it's it's something that you don't see a lot. But if you had particular concerns, particularly in relation to that person's capacity. Um, then that is something that uh, you could challenge. Alex, thank you. And Andrew Andreo, thank you for coming in. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Pleasure. Thanks for having me.